Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to the Milestone Pursuit podcast. It is Saturday, the 1st of May. It's late afternoon, the sun is shining. It's creating all sorts of fun patterns through the trees in the forest as I'm jogging about. Fresh back from the East End Lions latest match winning performance, the under eights, with a six or seven nil, no one can quite remember, or determine whether the final shot that hit the post and rolled across the line went in or not. So six or seven, happy days for all. And I'm back today jogging through the forest, and today we're doing the latest of a recovery ramble. And it's a reflective ramble today. I had the jab this week. I also got a haircut. So I officially declared COVID over, or lockdown three over at least. Who knows what happened with COVID in the future. But hopefully we're all getting back to normal a year or so on. It's about a year since I've been doing the podcast, a year since lockdown one. So it's a good time to reflect. Reflect on what's happened in the last year and what we might want to do going forwards. And so part of that is for me to reflect on the podcast and where I've got to with it. And it's been a really fun journey. I've really enjoyed doing it. And I listened to an old episode yesterday. I listened to one of the old recovery rambles. And I'm pleased that the quality of production has improved. It really was a bit a bit rustic back then, it must have been last summer. But anyway, we're getting there, getting better, and we'll continue to work on it. And then of course, the big reflection is on lockdown life, is what's happened in the last 12 months. 13 months, I guess it is now. Now we're into May. And it's been funny, isn't it? So it's like, everything's changed, but nothing's changed. So it's been a whole year where we've, our sort of circle of movement has been really restricted. Haven't really been anything anywhere, haven't really done anything. So in our own little worlds, not a lot has changed. But yet everything's changed in the outside world and how we interact with that outside world. So it's almost like a year has passed really quickly, yet time has stood still. And you could also say, but our own inertia, and I mean by that, you know, as I say, the lack of distant movement, our circle of movement is very restricted towards our geographical areas, certainly for the last three or four months. And that inertia creates a sense that everything else around you is moving way quicker. There's probably some Einsteinian stuff on the relativity of time in all of this. Bit beyond me though. Eh? 
And of course, when I look at it, one of the things I've probably said before on the recordings, I've certainly said it elsewhere, is that really, loads of things have changed through the pandemic. But most of them are actually things that are happening anyway. They've just been speeded up. So the pandemic has accelerated those are things that are happening anyway. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a few little things that, like I say, the pandemic has speeded up. We're going to talk about ageing. We're going to talk about the recession. We're going to talk about the widening gap between rich and poor. And football. We're going to talk a bit about football, sorry. favourite subject. A bit, bit on digitalisation, a bit on working practices and finally a bit of our own reflections. There are seven things there that we're going to get through in the next, don't know how long, next period of time, half an hour, 40 minutes maybe, maybe more, we'll see. Depends how slowly I run I guess. How quickly I can talk. It's a beautiful evening. Let's say the sun is breaking through the evergreening leaves through the forest. So first of all, I want to talk a little bit about ageing. I really feel like I've aged more than a year in the last 12 months. The body's finding it harder. I'm more tired than I can recall being, it may well all be in my head of course. And that led me to record a session a few weeks ago, it's a podcast session called Transparently Aging at Speed, and in that session I talk about the impact of ageing on runners, and I won't talk about it too much now because it's in that other recording, so you can head there if you're so inclined. And also I won't talk about it because I've got a little bit of grief from the members of the Milestone Pursuit Running Club about how kind of miserable it was really to think about how we were getting older and how harder it was getting. I mean that recording does end with a positive spin on what we can do as we age, particularly for runners who, who are older but newer to the sport. It's not all bad news, but I'll make the point that you know, people say, oh, age is just a number. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's really not. The number itself is, the number itself is irrelevant, but the process of ageing is real and has an impact. And it has an impact on your heart rate, on your VO2 max, your body's ability to use oxygen. It has an impact on your body composition, so you develop more fat. Your muscle mass declines, actually reduces from the age of 24. So by the time you're twice that number, as I am, it's getting much harder. And you get less flexible, you get stiffer. Which means impact forces hit you harder from the pounding of the roads. But that can all be mitigated by keeping up the work, keeping up the volume working on strength, working on flexibility. But I do really feel like 
the last 12 months has accelerated that at least for me definitely more grey hairs now than a year ago but would I swap the experience I'd certainly like to put the experience into the body of a younger person a younger me oh, wouldn't that be great to know what you know now when you're 20 in your 20s anyway fantasy land so that's the first thing I wanted to talk about that has accelerated a process that's accelerated that was happening anyway the second thing moving away from the self into the wider world is the uh, state of the economy now we've obviously gone into deep recession deepest recession on record I think but of course it's way worse than ones that we can all remember but when you look at the historical picture and the pattern when it comes to recessions we were due on anyway so if you look back so it's 2020 recession the last one was in 2008-2009 after the credit crunch Perhaps the banking system. Prior to that, in 2001, this wasn't an official recession, but we had the burst of the dot-com bubble. All those internet businesses where massive stocks suddenly exploded when everyone realised they were worth nothing. So that led to a bit of a downturn, but not a big recession. And then the previous to that was. 1990 to 91 so building a picture that sort of every 10-12 years or so we're seeing some kind of economic impact a negative economic impact then back to 1980 81 73 75 61 and then 1956 so like I say we were due one next one will be in 2030 it was coming perhaps not quite as bad as we've seen but the good news is these things typically recover so we've got a few boom years to come maybe starting now so there's the second thing that the pandemic has accelerated that would probably have happened anyway the third thing which is related to that is the widening of the gap between the rich and the poor. I think I read that a report from Oxfam that said on a global basis the people living in poverty in the last year has more than doubled to 500 million people. And that's huge, isn't it? That's lost jobs, that's people taking on more debt. Obviously spending has reduced massively. And, you know, you look at it in the UK, hospitality sector, all those people in those types of jobs have really suffered. Whilst those in salary positions, if you've been able to hold on to your job, you're actually doing okay. But who knows what happened this year, maybe an increase in cost of living, perhaps Brexit related, perhaps 
natural inflation related or the cost of, of production is going to go up because of Covid restrictions and so who knows where that will lead and then that's today and the future well the future impact upon of what's happened in the last 12 months will be felt in terms of that gap between rich and poor as well so you'll see obviously the impact of lower income households not having access to home schooling restricted access to the internet and less devices and parents who have to to get out and work not office workers who are able to contribute to the homeschooling experience and support their children so you can see through that how the gap might again increase which is somewhat challenging for the lower income households but again that was happening anyway that whole process of the gap widening was happening anyway but the pandemic's really accelerated it and then the same things happen in football so this is an interesting one it's obviously you know slightly contentious but in football recently we saw the big six as they became known trying to break away and secure themselves a future base of revenue that would never go away and again that was happening anyway those big clubs who win the big competitions get into the Champions League every year get more than their fair share of the TV revenue which is the biggest part of their revenue by miles they're then able to sustain the biggest salaries for the best players and it self-fulfills but what happened during the pandemic with some of those clubs particularly Arsenal and Tottenham they've taken on massive debts to be able to fund growth in the future through their stadia with the model being they obviously borrow at an interest rate which they can exceed in the growth of revenue by having more people in the ground and spending more time there buying more overpriced stuff but of course a whole year without in-stadia revenue has hit their hit their revenue hard and so the whole process of trying to secure longer term revenues in an unchallenged way through the idea of the Super League was really accelerated because of the pandemic it's likely it would have happened anyway but has accelerated so I'm just trying to make the point here that things have accelerated each individual thing you can disagree or agree with however you see fit and I'm sure you'll let me know but it's the principle that things have accelerated for us that is key that's what I think the pandemic has done and what its lasting impact will be beyond obviously the public health measures and the impact on public health that's the fourth one the fifth one starting to get back closer to home is something I've talked about before which is the the speeding up of the digitalization of our world and this sits across a whole number of areas where our reliance on technology is massively scaled 
you've got remote working obviously I'm absolutely amazed the broadband infrastructure hasn't collapsed and it's actually been pretty robust I think so that's one area we'll come back to that another is commerce shifted everything online it was heading that way anyway but retail is now an online business that will obviously of course redefine the high street and other prices that was happening anyway oh, I'm at Epping Forest's cricket club and they're playing often run around here in the recordings and here they are what's the score 95 for 7 or 110 for 8 depending on which scoreboard you look at I think we'll go it's 110 for 8 let's see how they go little left arm spinner lobs it up tries to whack it stumping and he's out oh that's majestic good bit of work from the keeper and off trudges the batsman I don't think I'm cut out to be a cricket commentator just trying to cross the Epping Green Road now we'll get back into our topic in a sec there we go across the road heading down to Copt Hall Pass Rod Stewart's house. So, digitalisation, remote working, commerce, all really changed. Ooh, I've actually got a climb the fence here. Private road, and they shut the gate through now they just got to watch out for the shotguns okay back to it remote working commerce all become digitally enabled much more so an accelerated process content consumption online and digitally that's accelerated massively isn't it right through obviously handheld devices also TV consumption the rise of Netflix and Amazon Prime the decline of linear TV although TV as a whole in terms of viewing has boomed but so is podcasts and here we are. I, mean, I guess it's about the lack of real life events means that we've turned into, we've turned to rather, digital devices for our content and for our entertainment. And as I say, podcasts have boomed. And we're part of that in this little podcast.
and it's been fun to be part of, to be honest. I've enjoyed doing it. And I remember back now to when Zoe Williams wrote about the podcast in The Guardian almost exactly a year ago. I wrote a little thank you tweet in which she replied, if just one person benefits from it, having read my article, then happy days. And that's also how I think about the podcast. It's helped me, I've enjoyed doing it. And if one person benefits, then that's good enough for me. I'm happy with that. And it's interesting with the podcast because it is a very personal thing. Obviously, it's not to everyone's taste, and I'm sure I'm not to everyone's taste. And it is kind of a one-to-one relationship in a weird way. I'm like, I'm talking as I run, and I sort of picture people listening, but a lot of the time it just feels like I'm talking to someone. And that's some of the feedback that I get on the podcast, is that it's nice to go out for a run, as if you're with somebody, and particularly through the lockdowns. There was some lovely feedback from people about the role it played in helping them feel connected to other people. And that's what podcasts do. So that's another area of digitalisation that's sped up through the process of the pandemic. Another area, a fourth area, is comms, communications. Digital communications has sped up our reliance upon them. Whether it's WhatsApp, Zoom obviously, Teams, Microsoft Teams, any other kind of way that we connect with people. We're doing it more and more. Social media is in there as well. And this is an area where we really have to be careful. We'll be careful of tone and message and make sure that two ways really, that we don't communicate in a way that can be easily misinterpreted. I'm sure we all do that, I definitely do that. Ambiguous in your communication and you end up being misinterpreted. But also, think about how to receive messages as well. Really, really hard to convey any sort of tone in a written message. So it's really important that you spend a little bit of time being forgiving of the person who's written it, try to understand where they're coming from before smashing out a quick response. Sarcasm, passive aggression, it's not a great, not a great way of communicating in, in online messaging. But that's what emojis are there for. Emojis are there to add a little bit of tone, a little bit of colour, particularly humour. Stick the old crying face on. That means I'm joking. Stick the old winky eye on. Means I'm probably being sarcastic. But also beware, as we found out, that the thumbs up is not just... Oh that's good, I agree. It can be interpreted as a passive-aggressive, sarcastic agreement. 
Oh no, let's not go back into that. We went into that a long while ago. So think about your communication online. It's hard. It's hard for everyone. We all make mistakes. And then the, this is a good one, this is the fifth area of digitalization that has sped up through the pandemic. This is my favorite. Platformification. What? What on earth is platformification? I sort of touched on it already that we're, we're sort of plugging ourselves into platforms, podcast platforms, TV platforms, social media platforms and our world exists within them gaming platforms is another particular for the children and teenagers make sure you get yourself out of those platforms into the real world so switch this podcast off and have a look at the world in which you're running oh, so I'm just jogging uphill towards Copped Hall long since gone past Rod Stewart's house it's lovely and quiet so that was our fifth area of digitalization platformification and our, that was also our fifth area of things that have accelerated through the pandemic except things that were happening anyway the sixth one is working practices. We were increasingly moving towards a world where we were working from home with the old bunny ears at either end. But it had never been accepted as anything other than a way of balancing your life and maybe skiving a bit. Even though people did work and grafted at home because they wanted to prove that they weren't skiving. That's changed now. We've proven that in many sectors we can work really effectively, certainly at surviving and getting the day job done by working at home. And that now, as things are starting to come back to normal is we're calling to question the role of the office and I'm sure all businesses are thinking what do we need now all teams are thinking how do we function businesses will be looking at the cost saving benefits of not having to fill an office all the time Leadership teams will thinking, be thinking about the culture that they want to create as a, as a consequence of this. Teams will be thinking about how they work together and individuals will be thinking about what impact it will have on them and how they want to exist. And the thing you hear a lot is uh, two to three days a week, I think going to the office and then the rest of the time be at home. The 
especially as quite a lot of people have moved out of the big urban areas into more rural ones get a bit more space, a bit more freedom so no one's going to be keen to do five day a week office jobs in that context but beware of the generalisation in my work in executive coaching coach people at all sorts of levels in businesses I see lots of different perspectives and yeah of course if you're outside of London you've got family and that family used to having you around for the last 12 months or more and you've enjoyed that balance I can completely see that it'll be two or three days a week at home, two or three days a week in the office and you'll try and make that work but does that work for people without families younger people, introverted people you would think that introverted people have enjoyed staying at home and to an extent they have but they've also then isolated themselves because the thing with introverted people is that everyone else assumes they're okay because they don't tend to tell people when they're not and so they become quite isolated and potentially quite lonely and will benefit highly from a more social experience slightly outside of their comfort zone but they benefit from it as a result again not generalisation but that is based on my experience with a few introverted people I've been, I've been coaching and then you get just crossing the uh, M25 across the road bridge a bit noisy and then you get those people who are brand new into their roles either move jobs or or worse graduates so there's people who've started working having left university in a really weird situation where they couldn't really celebrate graduation in the same way as previous generations into a working world that was also foreign and in chaos and they picked up jobs and obviously starter level jobs that are you know, admin heavy task led and they've gone into those jobs and they're still living in student accommodation in shared accommodation and they have they're given their tasks, they get them done and they move on with very little insight into what else is happening in the rest of the business not really understanding what the business does as a whole or understanding their place within it just getting stuff done and you know they lose that, that sense you get in an office where you get the mood of the office even if you're sitting at your desk all day doing nothing saying nothing saying nothing rather than doing nothing but you pick up what's going on you hear those conversations you see people's behaviour you learn from that 
and that helps you develop. And these people are not getting any of it. They're just sitting at their computers. Getting their stuff done. So don't be thinking that everybody wants a two to three day a week existence. And don't be thinking that people whose jobs are functional that they don't want to be part of something wider. Because the other thing you hear is it's, well, people need to come into the office for workshops, idea creation, big projects, big meetings. But there's no point coming into the office if you're just going to sit at your desk and do your job, which you can do easily well at home. So I, I wouldn't be so hasty in saying and thinking that. I think there's enormous value in people being connected by what's going on around them. So as, as you return to work, as you return to your offices, don't think that everyone's in the same boat and everyone wants the same thing. Start from a place where everyone is different. And that understanding that everyone is different, for me, has again been accelerated by the pandemic. People's responses to it, whilst the circumstances that we've all shared are common, our responses to it have been very individual and highly fluctuating. And coaching lots of people in running and in business, I see that a lot, but someone might be coping well one month and then not the the next even though they might be employing the same things to try and help themselves so it's really not straightforward another reminder that everyone's different and then on that basis the last area that I really wanted to talk about that's accelerated through the pandemic is our own reflections of what we want out of our lives. And I've talked about this before, but now I think it's even more pertinent. I get a real sense that people are, are kind of saying, right, we've had a year, we survived, we got through it. Again, this is generalisations, but go with it. We got through it, now I'm ready to kick on. I'm tired, but it's time to start enjoying life and pushing things forward again. And I'm sure we'll see that across the summer. I think we'll see a heavy summer of socialising. And I reckon by the autumn, we'll start to see some real action in people's lives, making different decisions, pushing themselves forward as a consequence of the reflections of the last 12 months and as they get into conversation, proper conversation with people for real. And for me, it's been a really interesting journey. This podcast has been a big part of it. But it's been a really interesting change in the balance within the family dynamic 
the amount of time I've spent with the children, the amount of time I've spent at home and with my wife. And, you know, something that people are always saying during it, people were keen to say things like, you'll look back at this time with fondness, you'll look back at it and go, oh, that time we had together, that was special. Do you remember those really wonderful things that we did? Those little routines we put in place, that we played cards every night before bedtime. I'd read Snoopy every night to Finn, my youngest one. We'd laugh at his antics. We'd go for walks in the forest. Played lots of football and cricket in the garden. And yeah, sure, I totally get that. And that's the sort of thing I can imagine myself saying to other people. But I also was saying, yeah, right now, once you're in it, I get we might look back on it with fondness, but right now it's really hard. I won't look back on any fondness with those arguments about getting work done, getting out of bed in the mornings, getting off the gaming machines. The look of sadness and almost depression on the faces of the children is they haven't interacted with their friends for months. miss any of that it was hard and I think you have to acknowledge it's hard you don't have to dwell on it you don't have to say oh woe is me my life is terrible you can always look at people whose lives are worse than your own but I do think it's important to recognise how hard it is and how hard it was because if you don't I think it's very hard to actually create change and for those experiences to really mould you if you just sort of bury them away so I think it's okay to have that conversation with yourself that it was hard because it was and it's hard for everyone make no mistake about that I've said it before that anyone who says they enjoyed it and breezed through it they're not telling you the full story sure people coped better than others but everyone found it hard from one time to another and on a more positive note through that I've actually really enjoyed building something through the milestone pursuit albeit with way less time and energy than I'd like to have given it because of the circumstances but I built, enjoyed building something that's in line with my values and I talked about this in one of the early recovery rambles one of the low quality early recovery rambles so low quality the recording gets shut off at the end but I talked about my values in there in the areas of excellence in which I talked about the role of substance over style I thought it was much more important to make an impact do something that people value rather than something that looks good I talked about integrity 
that's about doing something that others value and others respect authenticity showing yourself for who you are warts and all loyalty a key feature and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed loyalty from friends and from the people who I've been building relationships with throughout the last 12 months hard work of course that's in there grafting big important thing for me and then freedom the ability to be in control of what you do and that's been hard because freedom has obviously been taken away from us and the last few weeks have been a release of that and I really feel I really feel that we've had enough of being told what we can't do and that's essentially what the last 12 months has been like we've been told what we can't do can't go to the pub we can't see our friends we can't see our parents we can't travel more than five miles from our house and that's not good for our brains and I think there's a little period of readjustment that will happen for people is that as they focus on what they can do rather than what they can't so from my perspective I've enjoyed it I'd like to have done a lot more in, in the building up of the, the business and what we offer and provide to people and I'm, you know, like I say I've enjoyed that part of it and I'm pleased with where we've got to it could be better but I also think it's important to be kind to yourself these are extreme times extremely challenging times and not everything is going to work not everything is going to go right and I think reflecting on that and making sure you're practicing a little bit of self-compassion through it is key forgive yourself those bad days those harsh words that sometimes lack of inertia that lack of energy the inertia And social media doesn't help that, of course, because people are presenting their image on social media as they wish to be seen rather than they actually are. And you could be fooled in, into thinking as a small business that other people are doing stuff and they're absolutely nailing it. And you can be fooled into thinking that just by their social media presence that doesn't tell the true story and you know what you're doing you know what you've done and it's important to look at that first not what you've done in comparison to others and this is where you know, we touch on the subject of imposter syndrome which we talked about heavily in another recovery ramble the idea that you don't quite belong you don't quite belong to the arena in which you've chosen, chosen to chosen to compete and that others deserve their place in that arena more than you and that's real, it happens a lot 
and it's happening a lot to people as they reflect and I would urge you to think about instead of what you're not what others are better at just in your mind I would urge you to think about what you are what you contribute what you bring what you do not what you don't think about who you are as you reflect I think that becomes really important think about and build upon who you are not what you're not so I've enjoyed this one it's been a nice jog around the forest it's been a lovely evening it's been therapeutic a little bit emotional at times and what a year what a year so much has changed yet so little has changed and it's been tough and the next period I think is going to be really exciting as we reflect but I also think it's going to be tough too as we kind of reintegrate but it'll be tough in a different way as we re-establish our connections as we reflect on what we want to do and what we want to achieve and as we go through that really take care of yourself look after yourself be kind to yourself and take time to reflect don't rush it and use your values as you do that reflection work out what is important to you what makes you tick where you're at your best and as you do that be kind to yourself and be kind to others and then we'll move into the next phase and hopefully the next phase will last for some time perhaps until the next recession in 2030 hopefully we'll keep everything crossed for a winter free from restriction so thanks for joining me thanks as ever for the support I hope you get something out of it even if it's just one tiny thing thanks very much I'll speak to you again soon and in the meantime take care this Mother's Day treat mom to healthy glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets Osea has been making clean seaweed infused products for nearly 30 years their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.